We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to CNN, Charlotte and Norman, the news show. It's been a hot minute since we did one of these, but um, we're back. And that's because, well, is there news? There's always, there's always news. Even though we're all on lockdown, we're all in quarantine, there's still plenty of news and there's still plenty of opportunities for us to talk about Andy Carroll's one big bum cheek so norman hello how are you i'm obviously uh, charlotte i'm with norman hello charlotte i'm dean i'll read thanks ah yeah it's been a i mean we wouldn't have recorded one of these post lockdown would we the cns no so it's been at least eight weeks nine nothing's, weeks since we've... nothing's really happened since the last one <laughs> that's been newsworthy has it no there's been no news no no so everyone's no just been locked, locked away haven't they so Locked in our houses. To be clear, I'm not actually with Norman. We are <laughs> locked in our respective houses. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, Norman, Charlotte. it's a global pandemic and football has been suspended and or stopped. Mm. League Two clubs have voted today, I think, to officially end the season and not going to restart it. You'd think League One is going to follow suit. Do you know of any clubs in League One that that might affect? Well, it's going to it's going to um, impact the kind of promotion chasing clubs like Peterborough, Wickham, and Fleetwood, um, <laughs> and obviously, you know, it might impact on um, a kind of a, a sort of team that's hanging around the playoff places, um, our dear, dearly beloved rivals, Sunderland, and obviously. <laughs> The impact on Sunderland should they be forced to take another year in League One, um, given the financial situation at the moment, I think it'll be quite detrimental. Um, mm. And I do enjoy the prospect of them having Charlie Methven and Stuart Donnell in charge um, for another year. I think Methven stood down. Methven stood down. I think he's not involved anymore because he's he's a bad guy. <laughs> I'm Is sure it? I googled this because I did a video the other day last week for um, Joe Sport, which I haven't shared on Twitter because because um, I think they cut it to make me a little bit too nice to our Sunderland because we was basically watching Sunderland till I die, and um, 
I made quite a lot of like little digs, and and I wasn't a total bitch or anything like that, but I made a few digs at them for uh, for this. But I, I, I come across just actually a, a bit a bit nice. But I'm pretty sure he yes he he's resigned from the board. He stepped down in December 2019. But he's he's not still involved with some sort of. Um, he's a shareholder and a director a of the holding company. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's, so it's nice that he's still involved in that sense. And I do obviously. <laughs> I, I watched Sun Until I Die series two, which was um, a, a beautiful experience. And Charlie Methvin turning up in those salmon-coloured chinos. Oh my god! With them, um, with these port ciders on, bringing in Ibiza trance circa ninety nine two thousand for the so team to come out to. He's obviously. Gone on holiday, kind of late nineties, when he's made a few quid in, you know, in the world of finance, you know, probably a hedge fund, probably ripping someone off somewhere along the lines. And he's got an Ibiza, and obviously, like, boshed a load of pills over a glorious summer, ninety nine two thousand. Listen to a bit of um, Toca Me or some some tune like that. <laughs> Bought a couple of Euphoria CDs uh, when he got back, and now he was giving, then he was given the keys to a massive PA system. And he thought, I'm going to get some banging trance coming out, and um, he made an absolute. Laughingstock of Sunland, and for somebody to make a laughingstock of what was already essentially a gigantic laughingstock is a hell of an achievement. So I think his CV and his LinkedIn profile, because he definitely have a LinkedIn profile, um, I think it's all the better for it. However, I've digressed massively. I just wanted to talk about Charlie Methan for a bit because um, he's an absolute caricature of uh, a kind of home county city boy, and it's it's just a magnificent thing. And I think I'll watch Sunland until I die again this weekend. Series two, just for Methan. But this, this um, League One, the League Two issue, um, they're doing this thing where they're saying that they're going to they work out a, a points per game scenario and let, uh, like or letting a computer decide. And I, I, yeah. I, don't understand, I don't understand how that works because if if they're calculating a points per game scenario, surely, like, do, how does that work? Does it not? Do you not just get points based on like the amount of games you've already played, like an average point, so the positions will stay the same, or or do, is it like expected results in the, that particular match against the team that you're facing? I think it's a, I think it's some sort of, I think it's some sort of average, isn't it? Would it not be uh, points per getting... game that you've already got, and then average that, and then apply them to the point to the games you would have played? Is that not how yeah, you so would do it? So that means, yeah. So that means, like, basically, everyone are just finishing the same position, right? Because, <laughs> yeah, that, probably. That now. Would, wouldn't it? <laughs> I haven't <laughs> thought about this. Well, that's what I'm saying. Has anyone, has anyone at the FA even thought of this? I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to get on the phone after this um, podcast, and I'm going to phone the FA and just say, look, can somebody tell me what's going on? Even though, you know, um, they'll not tell me because I'm not really that important in, in the footballing world. I'll, I'll give it a try. Just because I think I the FA it... have a lot going on at the moment. Do you think they won't be able to take a call from me? Well, hey, no, I don't. I think they'll. I think they'll try. All right, all right. I'll give I them. I'll give try. them a try. You might be on hold for a long I'm, time, but I'll write them. I'll write them a letter then if I have to. Um, yeah. I think. I mean, I, I'm really excited at the prospect of uh, of Sunderland um, spending another season in League One. Just because I don't know, you know if. What? I don't. Sorry, Norman. I don't know if you saw. You must have seen. There was an article on True Faith website and. Basically, Methvin and Stuart Donald were able to buy Sunderland using their parachute payment. Did you see that? 
I so, did. I, I knew we knew that. Yeah, I mean that is just so they were wonderful, able to buy Sunderland using that parachute payment on the sort of proviso, I suppose that that they were going to come back up and everything would be better. But now they don't even have to pay Sunderland that money back because it's um, considered an exceptional operating cost or something like that. So Sunderland are actually out of pocket by being bought by by these clowns. I mean, the thing is, we call them clowns, but what they are is they're just very good con men, aren't they? They managed to actually pull off a gigantic trick by buying a football club for no outlay, really, mm. making a massive profit out of it, leaving the football club in a worse state than it was when they took over. Um, and they, they did that, like, with with such ease. It's um, it, it's a hell of a, like, a con trick, you know? I mean, it, it's it's spectacular, really. Um, and It's insane that that's been allowed. Yeah, it's insane it's been allowed, but also the fact that they actually managed to come. I mean, look, obviously that's that sudden fan base when Donald and Methvin took over, was absolutely desperate. I mean, they'd just been relegated again. Um, so they're kind of clutching at any kind of straw that was offered to them. And Methvin and Donald came along and had meetings with their fans, drinking pints out of plastic glasses outside the ground, giving it the big ones, we big pals and stuff like that. A bit like kind of Ashley did when he first joined Newcastle. Yeah, guess, exactly. But, I was going to yeah. say there's some parallels there. But Ashley actually had money in the bank. You know what I mean? That's the difference. Yeah. Uh, these two, I mean, these two, old salmon, old Captain Salmon Trousers himself, like, giving it the big ones and with his eyes with that chance. Um, I'm just, I'm just staggered by the whole affair and, and to have been duped by these two absolute con artists is, it, it's, I think you it's can, the stuff you of legend. Tell, you can tell that they're con artists. Like, uh, is it the hair? Methan's hair. You just have to look at him, like, and yeah. you're like, I don't trust you. Yeah. At all. No way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to move us on, actually, Norman, because I think it relates very slightly. Because um, Harry Redknapp's been on um, Peter Crouch's podcast. Great, um, You know, see how how you're doing, you know, you whatever. I don't listen to Peter Crouch's podcast. Um, but he said when he's out of lockdown, he'd like to buy a club. You know, I mean, and he said that's his ambition, a lower leg level, League One, League Two, maybe National League. Well, I know a certain club in League One that need buying. Mm, they, may be, they may be in the National League by the time this operation, this um, operation, <laughs> operation lockdown fair ceases. Um, operation lockdown. Um, but, uh, but what I like, what I like about Harry Redknapp, <laughs> what I like about Harry Redknapp seeing him buy a club is that a few of the previous clubs that he's been at of when he's left have actually ended up in administration. So <laughs> I would suggest that his, his ability to manage finances isn't the best. Um, Portsmouth went from winning the FA Cup and being in the Premier League to when he left to sinking down to the bottom division. And as I say, going into administration. Birmingham City, he was there for a brief period, went into administration. QPR, massive financial issues after Harry Redknapp managed them. Uh, I'm not saying this is all Harry Redknapp's fault. Obviously, this is going out. It's not behind the paywall, so everything's alleged. I'm just basing my opinions on what I've read. This is just this is internet. just some spitballing. Just it's, looking it's just at it's just spitballing. It's it's a it's mere look. Let's just say it's a mere coincidence that many clubs have ended up in extreme financial difficulties after Harry Redknapp's been there. So I'm not saying it's Harry Redknapp who's caused this, but what I'm saying is there's an element of kind of bad luck, I would say. So any club that is possibly bought out by him. If I was one of the fans, I might be a little bit worried um, mm. that the club, two or three seasons down the line, would end up in this Northern Counties third division. So hopefully he'll buy Sunderland. Yeah, I was going to say, they're probably welcoming him with open arms. 
regardless. <laughs> um, allowing sort of these sort of cowboys to come in and they see a name like Harry Redknapp, I'm sure they'd be like, oh, brilliant. Football, also, football but, legend. Uh, I think, uh, football legend, Harry Redknapp. Um, I've always missed <laughs> The story about um, Harry Redknapp, like, so when Keegan left Newcastle under Ashley, Redknapp was being strongly linked with the role, and I think um, I think Ashley offered him it, and I remember he said no because he didn't want to move like that far north, because obviously you know Newcastle, um, he was on the south coast, Newcastle's in the north, um, mm-hmm. you know, two two different countries, obviously, um, and uh, Redknapp's former assistant Frank Lampard Senior did an interview. And he said, you know, Harry doesn't want to move up north. It's it's a different kettle of fish up north. And I just found that really amusing. It's diff- <laughs> the north compared to the south is a different kettle of fish. And that's why he different didn't want to move up there. Different kettle of fish. Yeah. The north it, compared to the south. Who was it? Um, oh, no. Hang on. We'll move on, I think. Um my my brain just had I had so I don't know if you've been having this in lockdown my brain's just stopping every now and then and just stopping working not so, with brain uh, but my heart my heart is oh, but, um, yeah yeah it's alright you should go that's to the hospital right. about that yeah it, come, it comes on mine just on. keeps stopping I keep ha- I've done that like a couple of times this week where I've just been having a conversation with somebody like a work conversation and I just be like yeah I don't know what I was going to say there I can't Ooh. remember it all it's not coming back. I'm pretty sure it's something to do with lockdown and nothing to do with like drink or staying in the house. No, no, it won't be anything to do with just repeatedly drinking like, from nine o'clock in the morning till midnight <laughs> because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> no, no, yeah. nothing to do with that. No. Anyway, um, I do want us to move on because even though we are League One's probably going to get scrapped, League Two is scrapped. Um, not altogether, but this season. Uh, they're talking about the championship coming back and the Premier League coming back mid-June. Obviously, to no, uh, no live crowds. There is social distancing for a good long while yet, I think. Um, but the Bundesliga is mm. coming back on Saturday, um, which is tomorrow. My brain, I'm telling you. Uh, that was a shock to me that Saturday is tomorrow. Um, so the Bundesliga is coming back. Obviously, to no crowds. The um, K is it K League? Is that the the K Korean League? Yeah, yeah. Korean, Korean League. League has already started to no crowds big fan, as well. Big fan of that. Um, <laughs> the of course the Belarusian League never stopped. Um, oh yeah, never, never stops. But, it never um, stops. What do you think of this? Um, Borussia. <laughs> here we go. Monken Gladbach. Monchen Gladbach. <laughs> Monchen. Oh, damn it, Monchen Gladbach. That's much easier than I thought it would be. Um, have um, allowed fans or uh, um, made it possible for fans to spend 19 euros to um, have a cardboard cutout of themselves made to, to be put in the stands. It's outstanding, isn't it? <laughs> well, the football's it's, being played. So it's after, you it's could pay 17 quid or something. <laughs> for, for a life-size Norman Riley, <laughs> I'd definitely make the, it like six foot two in the Gallagher. Yeah, yeah. What two, height are yeah. you? I, I'm very, yeah. very tall. Very yeah, tall. About six two. Yeah. I'd use like I'd send them like a description like of the kind that you know people put like on dating websites. You know, like six foot two. Um, I mean, I'm saying that I don't know what people put on dating websites because obviously I've never read them before in my life. But um, if I was to put an advert on a dating website. I'd probably lie through my teeth and put like um I'm six foot two. Um 
built like a, a mountain um, into really, really just gorgeous looking. And that's what <laughs> most people <laughs> can you can you conceptualise gorgeous? Or how can you get gorgeous just looking? Just gorgeous on a looking. Cut-out? <laughs> I think you that? probably. I think you. I, what I don't think they have, Norman, is um, is Somebody an drawn. artist painting painting representations <laughs> of the fans. I think fans are probably sending a picture of themselves. Oh. I don't think somebody's just waiting for you to be like, like, like a like a um, crime yeah. like police sketch artist. Just yeah. Like, no, I, I was hoping that it was going to be like somebody who's kind of a, a he paints like a Renaissance painter, and that you, you just give a description and. <laughs> Next just thing you know, there's like a big cardboard cutout of you in a in a, with a towel wrapped around your waist, a bit like an absolute tank, um, surrounded by <laughs> you know, surrounded by naked Some, Renaissance women. Like the women. next cardboard that. cutout next to you, feeding yeah. you cardboard grapes. Just a cardboard cutout of the Last Supper, basically, but a football version. That's what I, that's what I go for. Um, but I think as well, like cardboard cutout is a. It's like an insult, isn't it? It's a good that you see you call someone a cardboard cutout. It just means they're like an absolute divvy. So there's literally a stadium full of full of cardboard cutouts. I love it. And also, like, uh, why would you do it? Do you think people are going to do this, aren't they? People are actually going to do there this. Are, and you're people thinking, have. Why are you people have. Um, they're not. You know, this isn't. Um, this isn't like we're offering people. This is people have done it, and the co- the the stadium is going to be full. I mean, you could have fun. fans. You could have fun because you could basically send in, like, you know, like, we could, like, send a photo to Bruce Munch and Gladbach of, like, Fred West and say, oh, this is, um, yeah, I'm a Munch and Gladbach fan. Can you, um, can you make a life-size picture of me? Oh, my God, you And you've actually sent can. a picture of Fred West. So then do you there's think a picture. it's, um, do you, I, I feel like it'll look like a Cold War Steve picture. Just with <laughs> exactly, all, exactly. Because it's just going to be so weird, like all these pi- like different people and they're going to have different backgrounds. Do you think it'd be quite scary and... as a player? Like, running yeah. around and just like looking up like 50,000 cardboard cutouts staring at you. <laughs> 50,000 50, like sort of cardboard cutouts of Fred West looking like staring at you. <laughs> it'd be horrible, wouldn't it? Like, it'd be so weird. It's such a strange thing. Um, you, know, you know, another thing I found interesting about it was that, like in terms of the actual personnel who can... Um, who can work in the stadiums and the game times? They're gonna like not have handshakes and they're not gonna have like um, yeah. mascots and stuff. And I started thinking actually, maybe there's gonna be some things that will just end. You know, like the yeah. absolutely ridiculous handshake before the matches, where like the play the teams line up. There's mm-hmm. like you know the Premier League music. There's this kind of plinth thing in the middle, and then walk around it and shake each other's hands. I just think that's so it's so crap. weird. It's like, it's like when. When you're going to work in the morning, like, do you, like, you know, go, like, I don't know, go into the next door's office, like, IT and shake your friend's hands every day. Like, you know, you're like, admin, there's admin there in one side of the building, IT and the other, and every day, they meet up in the building, walk around each other and shake each other's hands. You know what I mean? It's just stupid. And I, also, like, it doesn't happen in my company. Does, it doesn't happen in mine. Not, especially not now, um, with COVID and all that. But, um, mm. what about the, um, like, the mascots as well? Do you, what's your feelings on, like, you know, each player runs out the tunnel, we're like uh, holding the hands of like a, a child mascot, and, that, and part of me thinks, well, yeah, it's a nice thing for the kids and that, but like it just seems a bit overkill, doesn't it? Like twenty-two kids running out on the pitch of the players, and then all the players shake each other's hands. You know, what? What yeah. next? What next? <laughs> it does highlight all the things that that I mean, even more generally than um, than football. I was talking about with a friend, like. It does seem insane that we cram into a tube, or like I do, because I live in London, even though I'm in Newcastle at the moment. Uh, like, 
that you cram into a tube to get into an office for 9am when you don't really need to be like mm. you'd, I don't, you don't need to be there at that time it, it's sort of a relic of like of like when you needed to Modernism. get to the office to man the phones and, and like you know it's a, like it's, it's, it's a relic of, yeah it's, it's a relic it's a relic of uh, it's a relic of modernism turn of the century modernism fordism it's it's a relic of fordism and it's absolutely outdated we could go into a full philosophical debate but um this isn't this isn't the time of the place but that's yeah for, that's for the paying paying patrons yeah <laughs> that's an advert yeah. for you exactly um, yeah we need to move into a post post-modernist football um fandom <laughs> situation but but, um, but this is the this sort of thing like that's you know that sort of i don't know what is it like a respect thing like a show of like whatever like there's got to be better ways what's a better way of showing respect to the other team do you think what what should we update it to where you don't touch each other but um, they they do something uh they could um all sit in a massive bath (laughs) together before the match two weeks apart (laughs) It's going to have to be a humongous bath. Yeah, well, what, uh, what could they do to each other? They could, um, they could, oh no, you can't because then you're still getting, you're still kind of touching each other. I was going to say, I like that, the like, go on. They could post each other like cardboard cutouts of one another. So like, let's say, <laughs> let's say Matt Ritchie's playing on the left-hand side of the pitch and he comes up against a right-back like Azpilicueta at Chelsea and Matt Ritchie and Azpilicueta send each other through the post life-size cardboard cutouts of each other. So then... They've got I them. think it, he does it, that anyway. Oh, right. So, yeah, he's got, <laughs> he's got, so like, but so, 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 has got a life-size cardboard cut out of my reach in his bedroom. He's got several. Stay, oh, yeah, 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 because he's played against him four times. Sends what's in the new every time <laughs> in a new strip. Aspilicueta's <laughs> uh, like, why does he keep sending me cardboard cutouts, full cardboard cutouts? <laughs> but he hasn't had the heart to tell him. He hasn't had the heart to see you. Look at your shape you had. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think they could do instead to express their love and friendship for one another? Well, I was thinking something not like a hacker, but like something dancey, some kind wow. of interpretive. Get Charlie Muffin in on the tunes. Yeah, I was going to say if you've got <laughs> if you've got some lovely like banging trance or techno on the yeah, PA yeah. system. Yeah, DJ Tiesto. Yeah, yeah. yeah get yeah, some get some like Tiesto that. in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I just mething in on the tunes and like the players do like a kind of um, trance, hack our hands in the air, tops yeah. off. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And maybe like um, with like whistles. You <laughs> couldn't see, but but Norman did a little dance there, and and now I'm imagining all of our players doing that dance. And it's yeah, it'd really be nice, wouldn't it? It'd be quite really nice, something yeah. in my brain. Who um, wasn't Speaking horns? of speaking of Matt Ritchie, mm. he's quarantining. Uh, all the way down in Southampton, is it? Hampshire? Is that where he's been be based in Hampshire? Hampshire I think, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Um, he's down there with his family and he's got a lot of land and he took his little kids, he's got little, little boys, and he took them to a local farm or something and they became completely in love with the sheep. So he bought them two lambs. So they've just got two lambs on their property. Um, and he's bought them these lambs to sort of graze and and Norman's question to me when I was looking this story up was um, did he buy them to kill them because obviously we don't want to talk about that and that's horrible um, but I don't think so I think he bought them as a gift to his uh, to his little boy and um, and they uh, they are both called George to Matt she- Ritchie. Matt Ritchie has two sheep now called George. Literally, when people say, like, you know, like the kind of people are behaving like sheep, 
they, those humans behave like sheep towards sheep. They mm. call the kid the same. That's really there's a, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of kind of psychoanalysis you could do there. But again, this isn't a time and a place for that. Um, no. I think it's fantastic. We'll and what, I, what, I what, I, what, I, what I particularly look forward to is the kids getting bored when the lambs turn out like <laughs> actually grow into full full sheep. And then Matt Ritchie's got like two sheep to look after on his own, and I just have this vision of him taking them on walks on leads through Newcastle. You know, like through. Well. Really? <laughs> well, know, he like, said. Got on the, to on the town well, just before the match, just like, just pins them in on the town well, like, look, I'll be, but lads, George, 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 I'll be, uh, <laughs> I'll be back after that. I'm just going to go and play football. Matt Ritchie's got to be become a freeman of Newcastle upon Tyne to be able to graze his sheep, but I think, Ooh. I think we'll probably do that for him. Yeah, I think you should already be a free man of the city. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree. They So we got them on the proviso. Second time I've used that word. Word of the day. Good word. It's a really good word. Um, that his son would look after them. But l- let's son? bear in mind, that this feels very Matt Ritchie. His son is only four. So uh, <laughs> I think, think it's quite a tall order <laughs> to then be like, you're looking after these sheep then. Do you think Matt Ritchie's like the kind of like um, he'd be the kind of dad like if you know if education wasn't compulsory for his kids he'd have them at work in like four years old. Yeah, I don't think Matt Ritchie was ever a child. <laughs> he was born a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to go into the birthing aspect of that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I see. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what did it? <laughs> did he come out as a fully formed adult, or like did he come out as a baby version of Matt Ritchie, like and just just the body just increased in size? Or was he actually man-sized when he came out? That's the question. Um, I'm going to go with... In your imagination. Baby Matt Ritchie. And just, just looked like Matt Ritchie. But took a, re- like, took a very short time to turn into a full man. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. Just yeah, just came out. Like, you know, um, have you seen Alien? The film Alien? Yeah. Like, I think it's Prometheus. Is it Prometheus or the, or the one after that? Um, oh, it's Prometheus and I can't remember the one after it. Or the, or the one before it, even, perhaps. Um... And the alien comes out, and then, like, within half an hour, it's just a, a gigantic version, but it looks exactly the same. So kind yeah, of like that. Like, yeah, I'm talking like yeah. that. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. how I imagine. Um, so, yeah, so he says, so he says, I'm the one that's been out feeding them the sheep nuts in the mornings and then setting them out to the field later in the day. Um, I've always thought about being a farmer, that it would be a nice life, but it's hard when you have to do it seven days a week. The last six weeks have proved it's not for me, so I'd still love to get into football management further down the line. I mean, that is spectacular, isn't it? I love the fact that he, he was contemplating being a farmer post-football. I mean, thought it'd be a nice life and then like realised that actually it's one of the hardest jobs that you can possibly do. Um, and managed to realise that after looking after only two sheep. Yeah, two, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which doesn't really constitute Probably a farm. farming. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, it's just it's just having a pet sheep, isn't it? But still, yeah. hey, I tell you what, I tell you what's good about it, though, right? Is that he's done it, and it hasn't impacted on anyone negatively. It's not like he's just finished football and gone out and bought like a vast acres of land with like four hundred sheep on, like hundreds and hundreds of pigs, loads of chickens. And then after then after six weeks, thought this is a bit hard, isn't it? Yeah, I can't do this right. anymore. He, it's he's trialed it, he's which trailed is it, smart, yeah. Yeah. and it's not it's not gone that well. Yeah, exactly. So, so uh, kudos to him. Kudos to him, and and I'll never get the thought of him being born um, as Matt Ritchie <laughs> out of my head ever. 
Sometimes it's one of the ones, one of the weird things that we'll add to our weird images that we create on this podcast. I'll never regularly. stop picturing it. I'll never stop. I've just realised as well at the beginning of this podcast, I talked about Andy Carroll's one big butt cheek, and like people who don't subscribe to Patreon, I'm just going to wonder what the hell yeah. I'm talking about. But yeah. you should subscribe, and you get all that kind of really weird stuff. We get a little <laughs> bit like surreal on this one. Yeah, I've been um, trying to read it. I've been trying to read it in because this one's going out. Um, beyond the payroll and I don't yeah. want to get letters through the post threatening legal action against some of the spurious claims and fantastical images that I've conjured up. That seems fair enough. Yeah. Then um, the payroll, I mean, you know, anything goes really. I'm going to keep it... Um, we'll probably wrap up shortly. These podcasts that we do are usually short and sweet. But um, when I was looking at the Matt Ritchie story, um, there was a story attached to it or like a click if you like this you'll like this mm. sort of clicky thing and it's a jamie redknapp column oh god say, jamie redknapp, please give me give me this say the headline is steve bruce deserves respect and a chance at newcastle sky sports pundit sees no reason why bruce could not manage in top six after his achievements at st james's park this season I don't no even know where to start with that. I don't even know where to start with that. This, this is the absolute epitome of your kind of British media types, ex-players, looking after the cabal of British managers, a la Pardew, a la Dice. Mm. You know, all of these are Hughes, um, Redknapp. Oh, these are good managers. These are great managers. They just need. They just haven't been given a chance at the top level. It's absolute. It's just, it, it's, it's, it's almost like the football in World Boys Network, and it's ridiculous. And look, Steve Bruce, has he done a good job at Newcastle this season? In terms of points, yes, he has. You can't take that away from him. Um, in terms of performances, we haven't played particularly well in many matches. In fact, I could probably rattle off two or three. No, I, no, I couldn't rattle them off. I'd have to actually think about them, um, which mm-hmm. two or three performances have been really good. So he's done a good job, if you look at it from a, a kind of... A pragmatic point of view, but I think he's also done better than expected. That's better as point well. wise, definitely point wise. But mm-hmm, me, and, yeah. me, me and Mark Corby recorded a podcast yesterday talking about um, the Kenny Dalglish era, and a similar kind of um, point arose in that if you look at Kenny Dalglish's record now, if you look back at it, in two seasons he got Newcastle into the Champions League and he got them to an FA Cup final. So on paper that looks fantastic. Somebody looked back at that thirty years time, thinks God Dalglish did all right there, didn't he? I wonder why they sacked him. Um, yeah. But we were there, and it was awful. And that's the reality is with Steve Bruce's Newcastle, it's not particularly entertaining. And I think the the Saudis who are going to buy the club, they've probably got an idea of what kind of football they want to play, who they want to have in charge, and what they want to do. And I don't think that Steve Bruce, regardless of what you know, how good he might have performed this season, or how not, how, how poorly he's performed, he, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And and I think Redknapp as well. I think Redknapp the other week didn't he say something along the lines of you know not many players will want to move up to Newcastle because it's um, it's not like a, a what did he say? Something things. It's not a fashionable place to live, or it's not London, or something like that. And he just different kettle of fish, Norman. Different, it's an absolute different kettle of fish. And um, <laughs> and ultimately, you know, if you've got a kettle of fish and you like that kettle of fish, then why would you want a different kettle of fish? <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You want to keep your own kettle. Yeah, of you, fish. you want. You want to have that kettle in your kitchen full of fish. Kettle full of fish. Um, your kitchen would stink, wouldn't it? Uh, no, I was thinking live fish, but yeah. Well, then then you'd boil them to death when you wanted a cup of tea. That'd be horrible. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Disgusting tea. I'm just, I'm, I just can't get my head on the fact people keep fishing kettles. But anyways, the um, the, the red nut thing is, yeah, he's one of the, he's one of those pundits who just dislikes Newcastle, and you know he'll use anything he can to kind of get a rise out of the fans. Um, Jamie, 
Here's a message for you, mate. Get, get your nose out. Get your nose out of all the face. This is definitely not going behind the paywall, is it? You can tell <laughs> no. Norman, Norman normally is not afraid of, of being. <laughs> that was the there. harshest you could come up with there. Was, get, get your nose out, man. Get your, get your nose out of my business. Yeah. You're like a dog. You're like, oh, you're like, I tell you what, you're like a dog. You're like a dog sniffing another dog on a, on a field. Get your nose out of it. The dog doesn't want the get dog doesn't want you sniffing it. Yeah. What do you That's think about really Redknapp? What do you think about the Bruce thing? Tell me what you think. I think it's insane for anybody to suggest that Steve Bruce should be given a chance at a top six team. Like, you know, I, I, I have a, I'm quite bad at being objective. Is that what I mean? I'm very empathetic and I feel a bit sorry Mm. for him because I think he's a little bit out of his depth and it's really difficult, which is why it feels extra insane to me that you would su- that someone would suggest that he should get his hands on a top flight club like well I'll tell you what actually I've got an, I've got an, 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 I've got someone to compare it to right so Steve Bruce when he managed Aston Villa right if you look at the championship as a standalone league within that division Aston Villa Steve Bruce had the most amount of money to spend the most expensively put together squad the squad with the highest wages he had everything every single advantage was given him he in, in that in that division he was managing what you would perceive to be a top what should have been a top two or top three club and he didn't get mm. them promoted so if you apply that logic to the Premier League which you should you say well why should he not you, you, you had that opportunity at Aston Villa where you had more resources than anyone else in the division okay. and he was sacked after one winning nine with him in the bottom half of the table so you know what regardless of the job that he might have done at Newcastle this season how, how good it might have been I don't think that, you know, based on his managerial career um, to date, he would be the man to, to take Newcastle on to the next level, which is obviously what somebody coming in, buying the club and investing in it wants. So mm-hmm. Redknapp, is, Redknapp is chatting shit, and you know what? Chat shit, get banged. Yeah, get your nose out, Redknapp. Get, yeah, get you your jerk. nose Yeah, get your nose out of that other person's business. Yeah, you, you jerk, yeah, you big idiot. Yeah. Um... Okay, well, unless there's anything you really desperately want to talk about, um, I'll leave you, Norman, with a final comment on the Augsburg head coach, Heiko Herlich. He's not going to be able to... um, We're back to the Bundesliga, by the way, because it's the only live football so far. Um, He's not going to be able to go. He's not going to be able to watch the restart because... He left the team hotel, which is against the quarantine rules, because he, need, he needed to buy some toothpaste. I love that. I just love the fact that he, he would refuse to go like more than he refused to actually spend more than a day without brushing his teeth. I like that. That's also, discipline. Ho- they're in a hotel. Hotels typically have stuff like toothpaste if you need it. You shouldn't need to leave. I just use soap. Brush your teeth with soap. <laughs> you never done that when I was a kid. <laughs> When I was a kid, we used to run out of toothpaste. And because, uh, you know, we were extremely poor as kids, basically, it was like, well, you know, it's a couple of days until the gyro money comes in. Just use soap. So you spend like two or three days brushing your teeth with like fairy soap, which is disgusting in a form of child cruelty, if I look back on it. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think that's nice for kids. No, it wasn't nice. I did, um, I did, I sometimes brush my teeth in the shower, which blows the mind of one of my friends. I still do it. I do it now. Uh, no, I, I do it now. Well, me I'm too. saying I sometimes still do, but one of my friends thinks it's insane. Um, and I was brushing my teeth in the shower the other day, and I obviously put my toothbrush 
on the soap that's also in the shower. Mm. And then I brushed my teeth last night and it was a very soapy experience. Did you enjoy it? Was it? Very nice. No, I didn't enjoy it. I did no. not enjoy it. I well, don't can recommend I just it. it. Can I just say, and this is, this is for listeners as well, really, um, us to brush my teeth in the shower. Now, I don't know why you do it, but the reason I do it is because when you first get in the shower and you've got one of those mixer taps and the shower's attached to the bath taps, it's not like one of the ones that, you know, is like kind of already just a standard own shower with a, with its own separate heating system. Um, so you've got to, the water's got to heat up in order to get like the temperature of the, of the water, the perfect, the perfect temperature for a shower. I said temperature three times in one sentence here. Um, so <laughs> what I do is, well, rather than, rather than waste that water before I get another shower, I use that for me teeth. I think that's fair enough, isn't it? Oh, I just, I just I'm do thinking it of the planet I'm in the shower. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking of the planet, so. Well, yeah. I'm thinking about the planet as well. Yeah, always. Always. <laughs> it's always on my mind. Um, all right, well, how do you brush your teeth? Let us know yeah, on Twitter. Do. We'll be desperate to hear it. Um, in the meantime, we'll probably come back and do another one of these after the football has restarted and there's more and more stories for us to talk about. Um, but until that time, thank you very much for listening. Uh, take care, wash your hands, stay safe, stay alert, because that's really important. Um, and, uh, and we'll be back. Thank you so much. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.